Welcome to our sermon. I am Pastor Nathan Escarga, and I am sure that God will speak to you through his word today. Praise the Lord. It is so good to be with you this morning. It is so good to be with you this morning for, for all of you here. And um, I want you to know Jesus is sovereign. Jesus is sovereign. And I want you to know that regardless of the different things that you may be going through, Jesus is sovereign. And uh, just just a note, and as I, I see our Betty, is, uh, Miss Betty is waiting. If there are any children's uh, ages uh, are K to grade four, Miss Betty is in the foyer, so parents, you can come on down with your, parent, uh, with your children and, and just meet with her if you need. Uh, I know many of you uh, this morning um, are a little bit past K to, K to 4, grades 4. It was a long time ago for us, eh? But uh, if you have children, uh, yeah, they can join in uh, this morning for Sunday school. Jesus is sovereign. Jesus is sovereign. What is going on now, he foretold 2,000 years ago. And the, the turmoil that we might be facing, out, folks, the only time, I've mentioned this a few times just in the last few weeks, the only time that I am overwhelmed is when, my, when I start to look at things with a human perspective, a human view when I hear things and there's many things that are being are flying back and forth across the internet and you you are receiving some of those things and you say oh my goodness I want you to know that Jesus Christ is sovereign he has not abandoned he is completely in control. The Lord Jesus is in completely in control. And in these last days, there is a powerful work yet to be done. I want to I stir your hearts at this time. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 5. And this is uh, coming out from some of the things that just not this last week, but we're talking decades coming out from decades. And so I, I want to just share a little bit. So Luke chapter 5 from verse 1 says, So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God. I love that. They pressed in to hear the word of God. We would press in to hear his word. That he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, so Sea of Galilee, and he saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. So they were pressing in to the point where they are pressing him so close. So he says, I need a little bit of room for those especially that are behind and in the back, because they were pressing in. So he gets into this boat of Simon Peter. 
and he, he heads out a little ways from the shore. And so he's speaking. I don't know about you. I can remember um, being down by the lake often as a, as a kid. And it's amazing how sound will travel over the water. It's amazing how easily sound will travel. And I can see, as there were probably literally thousands of people pressing in, here he is, he steps out. He says, when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Let's go out deeper, Simon. Now, this is before Jesus would call Simon. Simon was, was not one of the disciples yet. We need to launch out into the deep and let down our nets for a catch. Today, I just want to... if as a, a title, and this title is very similar to uh, the title for Wednesday night. Uh, it is Set and Launch. Set and Launch. Just a little bit of history. Because the, the Lord is putting us. We are on the brink of something as we head into these last days, as we are in the last days, we are on the brink of something right now, folks. This morning, before we started, I looked around the circle as we prayed. And there were 12 of us this morning that stood in the circle right over here before the service started. And I said to the group, hey, about the next generation. This is the next generation. I sort of swung my arm around. I stopped at, at my brother Andrew, sort of went over him, and continued on. Of those 12 that were in our circle there this morning, there were two that were not of their generation, one being Andrew and one being me. The rest, there were 10 of the next generation. At this point, and I just, I thank God for the generation that has come after us. The generation, there is a generation here that is you being used by the Lord powerfully. I spent, oh, at least an hour and a half to almost two hours with someone from the next generation. Just this other, the other day, it was Friday. And it was the next generation saying, Pastor, well, I'm just running this past you because these are things that need to be put in place or things that will be put into place that I have no clue of. Thank God for the next generation, especially when it comes to technology and especially uh, the worship and praise. Not to say that our generation can't praise the Lord and worship the Lord and lead in worship. We can. But there is something about there being a moving or passing on to the next generation. Amen. Can we, come on, can we just give the Lord a hand for the, the next generation that's here? 
There are three generations usually. Sometimes we get to a fourth generation. But usually there's three generations, and there has been a mighty foundation that has been laid in this city. We are talking three generations. And those three generations are in this church right now from something that began. And I don't want to talk about other churches. I don't want to talk about other things that may be happening. And I'm not saying that things aren't happening elsewhere. But I can talk about this because I've been a part of it. And or I've heard of what was happening before even I was born or even as I was just a little baby and then a, a little boy. But there has been three generations that, that have been in this city now doing the work of ministry. And there's been a setting of a foundation. It's not been easy to work in Niagara Falls. And anybody that comes to Niagara Falls recognizes that there is a battle that's going on that is a spiritual battle, and you cannot do things maybe like you used to do in other places and other cities and other towns because the enemy is attempting to shut down something that he will not be able to shut down, and in fact is already there are cracks in the gates of hell that have been surrounding Niagara Falls. And have attempted strongholds that have come in, but that are being broken and that are, have, have been already moved out of the way. Because the Lord is doing a powerful work that Satan is unable to stand against. And I thank God for that. This city has been literally a graveyard for pastors especially. And some of these people in the last 10 years, I know, and I've, I've spent time with them, I've prayed with them, and they're no longer in ministry here in Niagara Falls. In fact, they're no longer in ministry. But I want you to know that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. That God is sovereign. Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. And he is sovereign. And the gates of hell will not prevail. And there is a work that's being done. And even as the foundations have been laid, and I thank God, my dad always referred to Germans, and others may have referred to Germans as squareheads. Those stubborn squarehead Germans. But I thank God for an unctioning on my mom and dad. My dad's going to be 86 next week. 86 years of age. As my mom and dad began ministry almost 70 years ago here in Niagara Falls. And it was not easy. But I thank God. That even as there was a persistence and there was a dependence on God and the, and the Holy Spirit, there was a continuation of work. And it has continued now for almost 70 years. And once again, I don't want to talk about other things that I don't know of, but I know this. That God has put into place, and it's not by chance, even in this city, 
those that may be solid because they're not because of their determination, but because of the fact that there's a surrender to the sovereignty and the lordship of Jesus Christ, and there's a dependence on the Holy Spirit. I thank God. And all the prayers that have gone up, we are talking of decades of prayer. I know. Because I was with my parents as we prayed, as we began to pray, and even before, as they prayed, before I, as a child, the prayers that went up and the prayers that have continued. And I thank God that it's not just my parents' generation that has been praying. It's not just our generation, but I thank God it's the next generation that has decided we're going to intercede and we're going to pray. I thank God. I thank God for Pastor Joel and Pastor Nathan, the next generation, that they come and they, 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 we intercede and we spend much time in prayer. That's how we start our day as we gather here at, uh, during, throughout the week. And we spend an hour or so in prayer. The next generation. And there is a solid foundation. If my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. And I want you to know at this time, as dark as it may be out there, that the Lord is doing a work. He has heard our prayers and he is speaking and there's a moving of God at this time. Hallelujah. 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 When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Let down your nets for a catch. Last week, and I shared this on Wednesday night. Last week and weekend, I'll tell you, there, there was weeks of preparation and months and even years. As the Lord gave vision many years ago of tens of thousands being down by the falls. I saw it. I see it right now with my own eyes. I've shared this very many, a number of times just in the last few months. And the gospel was being preached. As I stood, I see it right now. My back is to the American Falls. There is a post and there are speakers, and I can see thousands. And I know, I can't see them, but to the left, to Murray Hill, and to the right, to Clifton Hill, between those two streets are tens of thousands of people hearing the good news of Jesus Christ. There is a work that began decades ago, and even before my parents, I know that there was people that prayed. In fact, there was a revival here Some I, in the 1800s, I believe, or late 1800s. And there was a move of God. There was a move of God. In fact, it took place at a part of our city where they made a circle around of houses 
There's a school on that property, an old high school at this point, and the, the revival was taking place right there. And it was almost like the enemy knew, oh, my goodness. Things need to be shut down here because God has something for Niagara Falls. You are not here by chance. God desires to work through you in mighty ways. Let down your nets for a catch, a mighty harvest that still needs to be taken in. Last week, that Friday before the Saturday, as we would begin, I got up and I, I said, oh, my goodness, I still, I looked at the clock. It was 1.17. I thought, praise God, I still have a lot of time to sleep. I never slept one moment after 1.17 a.m. I was up the entire night. And Lord, as, as there was a refining and, and a, a, a finishing of the message, that I thought I would speak on Saturday, that I didn't speak on Saturday, but I spoke on Sunday. But there was a word that came with that during that time, and it was set. Set. And I knew it had to do with something like a, a, the, the sprint races. On your mark, set, go. And I thought, that's, that's, Lord, what are you saying here? On Sunday, actually it was... It was a Monday night before. Now, this is, we, we, we knew that we were going to get together last week. It was very sudden to shift an entire ch church service from one week to the next to a different location. We did it. There are churches in our city that would take them months even to come up with a decision. We did it within a week and a half. There's a decision made. We're going to, to have service over with at church at the falls. On the Monday, I didn't know that we would have men's, men's groups get together, but there's almost 30 men out on Monday night. And before our time together got started, I had an individual come to me and say, say to me, Dave, uh, and I, don't, I, I only met the man on Sunday. He spoke to me on Sunday after the service. He says, the Lord has given me a word for you, which is launch. On Wednesday, as I, I mentioned this, uh, I said, I, I don't think the word launch is in uh, Scripture. And uh, Andrew did a quick search. And he says, no, no, it's one time that it's used. And that's this passage right here. That there be a launching out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. To prepare and to set. And so there's been a very quick, uh, uh, Lord, we're going to be obedient to, to your word at this time. And so, two things, and I'm going to have this start up. If there's anybody here, uh, we are attempting. There's a little bit of scrambling taking place to see that we have two things recorded this Wednesday. And I'm hoping it can work out. If not, one way or another, both of these things. You say, well, oh, man, I, I want to do both of these things. I want to be a part of it. We will work it some way, somehow, that, uh, that both things will be recorded, whether it's the same night or at a different point. But we will have both things happening on Wednesday night. And so one of those things is to set. When it comes to bringing in a harvest, we need to know 
what the gospel is. We need to know what the problem is. We need to know what the solution is. So there is going to be a, uh, a course of study for the next four to six weeks. We'll see how it works out on bringing life to others. Ready, set, go. Bringing life to others. That we'd be set to go, to launch, to bring life to others. And so uh, if you want to take part in that, that's going to be the one session. The other session that's going to be going on starting this Wednesday. And I want you, if you're going to be a part of that, sign up. Uh, which, which one you want to go into. Okay, so you're going you're gonna to pick one of these two. The other one is on fo- foundations, a solid foundation. So what, uh, knowing what we believe. In these last days, it says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Listen, there is so much stuff that's being said by supposed men of God. It's like this, there's no basis scripturally. We need to know the word of God. We need to know the backbone and to have backbone when it comes to doctrine. Let me read it again. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. Doctrine is like your skeletal system in your body. If we didn't have a skeletal system in our body, we would be these blobs on the floor. We might have muscles, we may have tissue, but we don't have anything that would allow us to stand up and not be moved. It says in Ephesians 4, it says that he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, to become more like Christ, even as our faith is in Jesus Christ and what he did for us. Listen to verse 14. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. There, there is, Jesus said, regarding the last days in Matthew chapter 24 and in Luke chapter 21, I believe also in Mark chapter 13, he said, the very first thing he said about the last days, it says that we would not be deceived. And so... We're going to be having this thing for the, for the next five or six weeks. We will go over doctrine, what we believe. What we believe according to the word of God. So I'm going to have Pastor Nathan, if you could just get this started. And throughout the service, when it gets over back to you, Don, can you bring it upstairs for the top? So just quickly, you can't sign up for both. You can only sign up for one because they're going to both be happening at the same time. But you'll be able to catch it uh, online afterwards. So whatever you miss, you can catch um, online afterwards. So you can have both of them. Also, I already said to Don, who's our director for, for New Believers. Oh, as you sign up here, if I could have you just mark... Teacher, if you want to be an individual that wants to, to learn to teach others, 
uh, the new believers course and go through the new believers course, maybe take part in it, and then also to, to be teachers. So Don, just take note of those that say, hey, I want to be a teacher. For those of you that are already, you have led the new believers course once or twice or many times, uh, I want you to just put your, your T on that as well, or teacher, just mark down teacher. So I am looking forward to uh, new believers courses starting up very shortly. And I know some of you have signed up for the new believers course already to take it, and we will give you a time when that is happening. All right? So <clears throat> the other thing that just in this last uh, week coming out of the word set, so sharing life with others, solid foundations, the new believer courses. I, as we were in prayer on, I think it was Thursday, uh, Thursday morning or Wednesday, Wednesday or Thursday, may have been Friday, and I was with uh, the Pastor Joel and Pastor Nathan. We need to take time to come to the altar and pray. To pray, and you say, pray for what? That the Holy Spirit would come upon us. It says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. We need, and that's what we're going to be coming to the altar for, is Lord, that the promise of the Father would be upon me. You're praying for yourself. Holy Spirit, I need you in these last days like never before. We need the power of the Holy Spirit for what? So that we can be witnesses unto Jesus wherever we are. I like what it says in Acts 1 verse 8 because it, it is referring to the ends of the earth. Even in time at this point. So the other thing that we will be doing every single service, whether whatever portion of the service it may be, it might be beginning, middle, and whatever, we will have a time that we will come. And I, I just at the end of the service, I just want to say this. If it is at the end of the service, if you have to go and you have to leave or whatever, we're going to have a benediction and then there will be that time to come. You would just say, hey, I, I, that we would be in one place in one accord. We need the Holy Spirit as we are a witness in these last days. This past week, I just, I praise God for the power of the Holy Spirit. I had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity this past week to, to be one-on-one -on -one with people, whether it was in the hospital whether it was at their house, wherever it was, it was like, Lord, thank you for your spirit that is orchestrating things that I, I like yesterday, I thought my day was going to be over at around 3. I thought, okay, so I've got other things to do. <laughs> I get this. I'm texting back and forth with this individual. They're saying, hey, uh, I've got some stuff that i got to do, and I can't do it because I'm physically not able to. And I, I, was, I was thinking, oh, how can I say, oh, I'm, I'm really sorry to hear that and not do something. I want to say, this is how God moves. I sent out a text to five different people on short notice. Like, I'm talking, I need your help right now. Can you help? 
And within 15 minutes, I get response from two of them. I had, there was three of us that went to help this individual move stuff. And while we were there, I was able to minister to the mother of this individual. I was able to minister to the, the man as well. I just say, thank you, Lord, for what you are doing by your spirit, what you can do by your spirit. Needless to say, my day didn't get finished until after six. And I say, God, what a beautiful work by your spirit. In my own strength, like, oh, man, I'm tired. In the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, this will be done. To minister life to others. I'm talking about ministering life to others by the Spirit. You know what? In Luke 5, verse 5, it says, and Simon answers regarding, hey, going out into the deep, launching out. He says, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. And I want, I want you to know, there's oftentimes we think, man, I've toiled. I have toiled. I have done this. I've done that. It doesn't seem like there's any, any results from it. Sometimes there is no result from it. Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. And sometimes when things get tough, we just say, even when the Lord would give a word, we just say, oh, I'm done. That we would not be at that place to say, oh, you know what? Ah, I'm done. That there would not be an excuse, but that we would recognize that the Lord is with us. And I like what Simon says. He said, yeah, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. But he says, nevertheless, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. You have spoken it. Listen, the Lord has spoken a word. He has spoken the word revive already last May very clearly. Come to life. There has been last year, this was during our lockdown, we were only able to gather with five. The work that was, was done during the summer, we are still feeling the effects of that from last year. There was a reviving that has come to light, or there's a reviving that has come to, into so many different areas here of this church. I just say thank you, Lord, for the word because you spoke it. And the Lord is saying, set, get set. Get the things into place because there's a harvest that needs to come in. One of the things the Lord, as the Lord saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion because he saw them as those that had no shepherd. They were like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to the disciples, he says, you know what? You need to pray to the Lord of the harvest that the Lord will send out laborers. The harvest is ripe. The laborers are few. That you would not say, you know what? I don't have time. I've done enough at this point. If you knew that the Lord was coming back tomorrow, I'll tell you, you would be saying, Pastor, when are you finished? Because I need to go talk to people. If you knew when Jesus was coming back, and I believe that his return is sooner than we may think. And we need to do the work and the power of the Holy Spirit, not in our own effort, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. His word. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. That you would be set to launch. Praise God. 
And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking, so they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. There was such. These fishermen, Simon was a veteran fisherman. They were astonished at the catch. They were astonished to the point the boats were sinking. They're calling over, hey, John, James, come here. We need your help. There is something that is happening. I don't know how many churches. There must have been around 10 different churches that came last weekend. At least 10 churches. A number of the pastors were there. Those that were the pastor couldn't come. Some had sent their people go. There's a work that one church will not be able to do on its own. You say, we need to come together. On Monday night, there were three known or two main groups, and there's a third group of men to pray. There is something about men praying, and there is something that the Lord has begun because it, for, for centuries, it's been women praying. And where are the men? I'm telling you, there are men coming together saying, we need to pray. We need to gather together. And so out of this weekend of revive was another thing of Potentially three men's groups coming together at least once a month. Listen, women, you would say to your spouse, your, your husband, go, go and pray. Be the man of God and pray because there's a harvest that needs to come in. There's a work that needs to be done. You say, well, hey. Women would say, hey, can't we be a part of that? You know what? <laughs> Here's what I've seen. I saw the persistence of women to join in with the men's prayer group years ago. You know what happened? It's like the women were take, took over. The, the men just stepped back. Not to say that women, hey, I thank God for women doing what they do. They pray. And we have times where we pray together as men and women. But there is something about men coming together as men to pray on their own. Women, let the men do this. Let the men do this. Let the men, listen, it's okay when men open them, themselves up to other men. I'll tell you, put one woman in that group and suddenly it's like, I need to be a man. I need to be a man, and I cannot let anybody know that I'm struggling or I'm having difficulty because I'm a man. When men come together, there is something about just being open. And as men open up, it's beautiful what happens as we pray and as we minister to one another. Let the men come together. I am looking forward. There was talk as I, I talked with one of the other men's groups, the leader, he says, we have 25 to 30 men coming out from not just one church, from all over Niagara region. 
Dave, we need to get together. We need to get together. And so I'm looking. He's already saying, listen, as we move on, we're looking for, we will let you know when that, is, when that day, once a month or whenever, once every six weeks, whatever it is, who knows, it might be more than that. I don't know. But we want to be used by God. We need to work together. When Peter, when Simon Peter saw it, this boatload, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish they, which they had taken. It was like, oh my goodness, this was a, this was a miracle supernatural miracle that has taken place, he recognized, and he recognized that Jesus was not just a, a great teacher, but he was, there was something about Jesus. As Andrew would say, hey, I, I found the Messiah. There is a recognition that Jesus, yes, this must be the Messiah, and, he, and there was this thing of, look at where I am. I am a sinful man, O Lord. I can't be in your presence. You know what? This morning I start off with Hebrews 10, verse 19, that we can come in boldly into the throne, of, throne room of God through the veil by his blood. That is the only way we can come into the presence of God is through the blood of Jesus Christ. And we can come in because the blood is that which takes care of the sin issue that may be a part of a life that we would say, I will repent and Repentance is not enough. I need to believe in Jesus Christ. There's a lot of people that repent to become a good person. I'll tell you right now, the only thing that washes away the sin of past or the, the stain of past sin is the blood of Jesus Christ. And even something that would take place today or in the future, it is only by his blood that we can enter in. It is only by his blood that we are made whole and holy. Hallelujah. There's a harvest that needs to come in. And so, verse 10, and so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. You know what? In these last days, that we would operate in the power of the Holy Spirit to be fishers of men, and that there would be a radical commitment on our part to say, you know what, the most important thing is not that I have time to, to, to do my own thing, my own agenda, but that my purpose with the time that we have left, that I will be one that will be a fisher of men. I will be used by the Holy Spirit to bring others to Jesus. And it may put me out. It may put me out. I'll tell you, they forsook all and followed Jesus. You may be put out. But I'll tell you right now, we are talking about souls that need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. If they don't hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, or they might hear it, they may reject it. We're talking about eternity apart from the Lord. There needs to be a coming to Jesus and they cannot come to Jesus unless they hear the gospel. As Jesus began his ministry, he says, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Jesus Christ and him crucified. Hallelujah. Can we stand together? If I could have the worship. Actually, we're gonna, I'm going to give an invitation. 
There's anybody here this morning that doesn't know Jesus? Or perhaps you're at a place, you know, man, I am not where I should be. I know about God, but I have, there's my, my heart is far from him. If you need to give your life to Jesus, you would give your life to Jesus. There would be a, a work done at this point in your life. And if there's anybody here, is there anybody here you need to give your life to Jesus? Just quickly, just raise your hand. I want to pray. I want to pray for you. If there's, if there's anybody, or you, you've maybe you've walked away and you're not where you should be at. Is there anybody here you need to give your life to Jesus? Just put up your hand and just keep your hand up. I just want to see. I know it's a little bit harder to see up on top. Okay, you know what? Looks like everybody here is saved. <laughs> so this word today is for us to go out in the power of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. For those of you that are watching online and you're not where you should be at, I want to just share a prayer that as you believe that you will be saved as you confess your sin and you place your faith in Jesus Christ and what he did for you on the cross and you allow him to be Lord in your life. So let's just pray together in this place of, as far as I know, pretty well everybody here has given their life to Jesus. Pray, let's pray for those that may not know the Lord at this point to pray that prayer of faith. Jesus, can we pray together, Jesus? I confess that I have sinned. I need life. I need forgiveness. You took care of every one of my sins. Past, present, and future. You took them all upon yourself 2,000 years ago. And you died for me. Your blood was shed, and you died. You were buried, and you rose again on the third day. You overcame death and hell and the power of sin. I believe that. I confess that. Come into my life, Jesus. Give me life. Life abundant and life eternal. I make you Lord. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Lord, for those that uh, need to leave at this point, I pray that there will be a moving in the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, there would be a setting putting into place of things that need to be put into place, uh, perhaps a, a, a putting aside of, of different agendas and different things that clutter our schedule in the week to say, I will be in the house of the Lord. I want to know, I want to be able to, to bring others to Jesus.
I want to be able to share life with them. Every aspect of life that I, I can share, that the Lord is able to take care of it. Lord, I pray for those that, that need to, to be solid, to have a solid foundation. There's been a tossing to and fro, Lord, that they say, I determined to be in the house of the Lord. I pray that on Wednesday night this house will be full as, as there is a setting and putting into place of, of foundations. Lord, Lord, that we will move out in the power that we would launch and be set forth to do a work of bringing in a harvest in these last days in the power of your spirit. Lord, let it be. So I pray an unctioning on each and every one. Lord, even as we would close the service, Lord, there would be an unctioning on them to be used mightily by you in Jesus' name. I bless them, protect them and their families, cover them with your blood. We thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the sermon. We really hope that God spoke to your life. You can find more of the Word of God by watching our service live stream and listening to our podcast on our website, lighthouseniagara.com.